I was feeling so happy. I was humming a song and I sang, You're as free as a bird. Marvelous stuff. Marvelous stuff. Well, welcome to episode 8 of the Amadans Flow podcast. Started things off there this episode that you could perhaps regard as a bit unusual. The reason being, be very happy at the minute, so I would, for two reasons. Reason number one, I'm currently at home in Derry, sure Jesus we're loving the life here, and the second reason is that this episode is an absolute treat, because when I, when I lined up this episode, I had one group of people in mind, that I thought, you know what, we deserve it. So I'd like to dedicate this episode to all the northern, 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 northern people from the north, right? Northern mummies, mummies from the north, mothers from the north of Ireland. Jesus, um, I'd like to dedicate to the mass, right, up north, because a bit of a treat in store. In this episode, you're about to hear the lovely lilts of a man from Clare's accent. So the man we have on in this episode is a very good mucker of mine by the name of Colin Stack. And as I said there, Colin originates from a bit, a bit further around the country, as a man would say. And just met Stack this year, at the beginning of the year, through the GAA club in Abu Dhabi. Got on very well with him. Lovely fella, good young fella. And as time has gone on, I realise Stack is a bit of a he's a bit of a fountain of knowledge, you know. So I seen that. I seen he had potential, you know, and I kept him. I kept him fairly close. And over the COVID quarantine, I reached out to him and I asked him, when it all comes down a wee bit, would he fancy coming on and sharing his knowledge with us? And being a gentleman he is, sure didn't do oblige. So, in this episode I've got Stack on, and Stack, um, I think he exposes himself, to be honest, in this episode, as the synth that he is, because I just listened back to it there beforehand, just to make sure everything was PG in it. And... The way that the man shows gratitude to mentors and teachers he's had in the past, the way he even talks about teaching strategies that he began implementing in London and Edgeware, Northwest London, that he still continues on over in Abu Dhabi at the moment, and even just the way in which he expresses himself in regards to finance, which you're about to hear within the next hour and a bit, um, and he offers his his assistance and you know because he's, he's very very modest very modest man um, always offering his services and his opinion and his help to anybody who wants to um, have that conversation and I'm very very thankful and I'm very privileged that Stack decided to use this episode as a platform to just to share his understanding to share the, the hard work that he's put in so what can you expect 
As I've already pointed out there, you can expect to hear how Stack up sticks from West Clare, shift over to um, London, they play his trade um, as a teacher. He talks about strategies and experiences while he was in London. He also does a very good job in covering the transition from not really playing any Gaelic football to how he's hit the ground running, to be honest. He wouldn't say it, but he definitely did. Hit the ground running there over in Abu Dhabi this year with Gaelic and he played numerous tournaments. He talks about how he spent his time in quarantine. He also mentions how he consumes knowledge now, so something that I find very interesting. Um, and I'll not reveal too much because I'm very aware this is just an introduction, don't I? Don't I ruin the show already, you know? But how he consumes knowledge in terms of books and you know YouTube and all resources. For example, he's able to talk to us about why drug dealers love their mommy bears, but he's also able to talk to us about the titans of the finance industry. You know, he's, he's one of them boys, he's got, he knows a wee bit about everything. Um, and as I've just alluded to there, finances, personal finances, and financial freedom stack takes the ball by the horns in this episode. And it's something that you may have picked up on in previous episodes that I have mentioned that I'm trying to get educated on, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, a bit of a blank canvas going on um, at the minute, but in recent weeks and months I've began developing a wee bit of a snowball effect and become more comfortable with terminologies and preferred methods and all the rest. So, if that's your thing, then you're in for a treat. And if you just want to listen to two good muckers have a good genuine conversation, then you are in the one the mecca, you're on the pig's back. So, Without further ado, I'll not hold you back anymore, and enjoy. Please remember, support the cause, reach out, let me know what you think, and hope you enjoy it. Column stack, boys and girls, enjoy. Uh-huh. You're talking to people like the big man who don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, Stike, let's get started here. So, start off, Stike, give us a wee bit about you. Where are you from? What's your story? Um, well, I'm from County Clare. Um, okay. Youngest of six. Uh, parents, sports, teachers. Cold winter, see? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Catholic family. <laughs> um, Keep this rest of life. Parents are teachers. Um, so, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And decided to be a teacher as well. Uh, followed my dad and became a maths teacher. Yeah. Um, did P and maths and UL. Great time. Uh, didn't love P. I think I was kind of rubbish at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which um, didn't just kind of led me towards um, teaching maths. Yeah. And then I just kind of really liked teaching maths and I was I was good at it as well. And then moved to London and realised I was really bad at it. Um, yeah, and it was funny because. Uh, you think you're, you think you, you think you know it all, and you leave your university, yeah. and like you don't have any idea how little you know. Definitely. Um, Especially when you go somewhere like like London. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to a school that was outstanding from uh, Ofsted at the time, and just they, when, when you said I stand there, Stike, you put it in quotation marks. No, so, they actually were. Oh, they were. So the teaching there Legitimately was unbelievable. Were they? Yeah. So teaching was unbelievable. The kids were from very poor backgrounds. Yeah. Um, where in London we? North West London, a place called Edgeware. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I was in Hardyston. 
Yeah, taught there and learned loads and made me a way better teacher. It took me about, I would say, about 18 months. Yeah, but like, um, It's the like, expectations on them. Yeah, and like, I tried, I didn't know like what, what, what was expected of you. Yeah. But like, once it was broken down for me and I, I had great mentors there, like really people that would, because I would always say you've got two kinds of people. You've got people who need a pat on the back and people who need a kick in the ass. And yeah. I was, I'm a, I need a kick in the ass. I can, yeah. um, and it took like neither is right and neither is wrong yeah. like, in terms of that. But, like, oh, um, it just depends on the person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I got a, a few good kicks in the ass, and it made me just really so much better. Like, and I was able to go into a classroom, and by my third or fourth week, I was like, all my behaviours just sorted, and yeah. kids interested and motivated and wanting to be there, and it just made my life so much more like life more enjoyable. The kids, I got a lot better with them, and. Yeah. Like able to have chats, but also like getting them really interested in what they're about to learn, like yeah. whether it be like quadratics or uh, constructions or yeah. some of that stuff. Like, sounds criminally boring. Hundred like, percent. Yeah. Like, Even though as you're saying it, um, yeah, it's way over my head. Like if you can break down like outliers and why medians and different averages are the same and yeah. are different, and I find that really interesting. And when you right. can motivate a child to understand that. Not gonna do it to you. No, no please um, don't. Not no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it can be it can be really fun, like. Yeah. But I think what you're sort of saying there too is very important because I've been around teachers that are the opposite. That say for example you were saying like you didn't really know what you wanted to do, so you wanted to basically follow pops and mama bear. Whereas like then you ended up pursuing it and taking it serious. There's a lot of not a lot of people, there's a few people who are like, I'll do this until a certain time and then I'll just move on so whenever they're actually there teaching I've noticed or they're in the school it's very half hours very half on half out yeah and you can see that like, whereas like, you're obviously very hell bent on like in clubs tuned down and focused and engaged yeah that's not always guaranteed it, it isn't and like you know I didn't care for a while and yeah. then I just sort of was like why am I doing this and I did it I did it for the kids like because yeah. those kids especially that I thought you know, it was quite a disadvantaged background Big time. Yeah. Um, I did it for them because they were really sweet kids and like so, like I had a class of 26 and I had 20 kids with um, with uh, pastoral concerns yeah. like things like their parents yeah. things like abusive parents yeah. things like um parents that couldn't wouldn't make them up in the morning like, can you imagine like for me anyway like, I, I was like, like what do you mean like the parents don't make <laughs> yeah, them up in the morning no, how are they meant to get to school definitely um, looking after their younger siblings looking after the parents because they're ill all the time yeah. stuff like that and I you know I, I never do that you're shaking me too you're shaking me yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, teenagers like the thing is like I was saying this I've said it so many times I would prefer to look after 30 15 year olds yeah. rather than two six year olds I can't I can't hack the small ones <laughs> I can't hack them see I think it depends on your height as well stack doesn't it like you're alright you know you're head and shoulders above boys <laughs> if you go in the secondary school and you're 5'8 five, 5'6 five, and they're tiring over you I think yeah. that was one like even me there a couple weeks ago a couple months ago so I went to the boys secondary school of ours and a few of the boys like I wouldn't be a small man but I'm not a big man mm. but a few of the boys were Big big chunks like mm. just big men. But uh geez, that's very good. I didn't know you went to London. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely made made you into a bit of a man then. 
absolutely put a few yeah. hairs in the chest yeah. um, for sure and um, stayed there for five years and I can't I've, I, will, I definitely don't regret it because I just became so much more proficient at my job um, yeah definitely but I do wish I came out here to you sure. a bit sooner but you know you, you don't look twice like so yeah um, I'm happy with my, with my decision to, that I did stay yeah, yeah. five years too yeah. yeah it's almost like putting a like a rough under pressure type thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like definitely. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, for two years, it was more enough for me. Yeah. Um, oh, I just, I had so much growing up to do. Yeah. Young, like I said, youngest of six, like, I was spoiled rotten. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't know anything. And, you know, I made a lot of mistakes and learned from them. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, even in terms of two coming from Clare, I'd imagine fairly rural. Yeah. All the rest, like. Yeah, proper, proper middle class background. Like, yeah. Like, truly, like, I never wanted for anything. Yeah. Like my parents didn't have a lot when I was growing up. Yeah. Um just because it was six of us. Yeah. Um but then like I there was no nights when we were hungry or there was no nights oh, when yeah. like yeah. when like my soccer was always paid for, my hurling was always paid for, yeah, handball, no basketball, like I did everything like. Was there you compared then the age where yeah. or anywhere in London? Yeah, yeah like we had a, a boy who really wanted to be a police officer and the police came in and said, We're doing this this cadet police officers come to see us once a week and we will train you up for three hours um, and they were like one of the boys puts his hand up he's like does it cost anything he said yeah it's a pound a week and he was like I, I can't do it then Jesus. pound a week yeah. I, I kind of want to say to him no I'll give you that yeah. I think he's the same, the same kid had like 300 pound Yeezys on his, on his feet yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but didn't have school shoes yeah of course uh, um, that's you get that too sometimes, don't you? Like? Yeah, like yeah. priorities yeah. in, in Pre- different households. A prediction, like. Yeah, it does. Um, so you were there for five years, like. What you said to you, you wish you had a chemistry a bit sooner. Mm. What made you make the decision to say, I'm good to go now, I'm ready? Um, I don't know, I felt like it was a bit, like, stuck in London. Like, I... Getting you to take comfortable? No, like, I, I actually didn't love it. At the end, like, it's a very stressful lifestyle um, yeah. it really is and it's like I like I go home and I'm like you know I get a bit antsy at home so there's not a lot to do in, in East Clare like. yeah. um, but in London I was getting a little bit older and I was like there's, like, there's just so much of angst here like people are in a rush and people are angry all the time and, yeah. um, and then my friend lives here and He's been here four years now, and I was like, he was like, he'd asked me to come out since his first year. Yeah. He's like, get out here, get out here, get out here, it's so good. Like, like Middle East, like, I don't know that, that sounds, uh, that sounds a bit dangerous. It's a long way from Clare, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but you're like, you, you, you go home and you try to express to people yeah. what it's like out here. Yeah. They're like, no, it's, it's yeah. not, it's not. Is it? It's not. You can't even drink out there, can you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, you don't understand like the life out here is it's it is amazing like yeah like you've you're given your apartment no rent me like i pay bills but most people don't yeah um i have a pool i have a supermarket in my complex i have tennis courts basketball courts badminton courts gym whatever and then the malls are always open the cinemas are great the food is amazing the hotels are even better like life out here is, is brilliant like yeah. and, and you're you know you, you make decent money and um you've sold you so little worries really and yeah. I'm very lucky like I thought in 
I thought in London I, I, I was like I'm really good at what I do yeah. and I went for a lot of interviews out here and got off at them but I, I didn't take them because um, they were schools that I had heard were not good yeah. and I was not going to go to a school that wasn't good so yeah. got an interview with my last school that I ended up going to and my friend said this is one of the best schools in Abu, in Abu Dhabi and I uh, I went to the interview and I smashed it and I, I'm lucky, very lucky I got the job and, um, and I'm in a great school now and kids are wonderful and like I'm supported and they appreciate me and I appreciate them and I can yeah. you know when you're when you're in a place where you you feel like you're you're doing a job and it's worth doing you're valued like, oh yeah. god it's, it's yeah. it so it's easy to get up and easy to go to work like yeah definitely because um, even over I was going through I remember a lot of people said to me it's almost make a choice either go somewhere where you're still going to be continuing your high level of professional development the way you would do in London anyway for less pay which is some things like the bigger name schools or else go somewhere where you'll be doing a bit of babysitting more so than teaching being your priority Absolutely. because you'll be getting better chunks then every month yeah um, but then in saying that too it's sort of what you make of it yeah it definitely is because there are people coming out and they do just want to muck about or whatever yeah. and that's, that's up to them mm-hmm. but then if you're like yourself and you come out and you say no no I'm out here to get the perks of the life as you say your basketball course your swimming pool's and all that but you still want to graft during the day yep. and maintain yourself then you, you definitely can like, like I, I, I've always worked in schools where you have people who are saying the kids are great yeah. and in the exact same pool you get people who say the kids are awful oh, I, yeah. and like in my mind the kids are awful because you're allowing them to be yeah. awful yeah. Um, I've had kids that you know I'm not the, I'm not I'm not Jesus right? <laughs> I'm not turning water into wine I'm following practices that were taught to me to get kids yeah. to sit down and listen and be interested in what what, yeah. I, what I'm trying to teach them like the, the variety of maths that I'll be teaching like I could be teaching one kid in, one, in, in a class I'm teaching him his times tables yeah. and the exact same class I'm teaching a kid to factorise quadratics yeah. factorising quadratics if you know about maths it's not that, that hard I'll take your but, word first. But <laughs> but like I, I I was committed to to do my do my best and working really hard and, yeah. and if you, if you are willing to do that and get a bit of mentoring because oh, I had so much help. Like I didn't figure this all out by myself. Yeah, definitely. I, I had so much help. I'm and I'm so appreciative about that. Yeah. And I actually one thing I've done during this quarantine is I've emailed those people. Yeah. To say I just want to thank you for helping me grow. That's class. Yeah, and like a lot of the messages I got back were. Yeah, you would have a lot of growing up to <laughs> You're just rolling everything. Yeah. But what you're saying there too is the same in terms of what, like learning from people. Um, I know that you were saying that you went to London like you thought you knew it all. I remember when I was in university too and the tutor, we had a really big mock interviews yeah. with our tutors at the time. And to be honest, like, the tutor was one of the boys, do you know what I mean? He was very, yeah. he was very tuned and very aware of like, what we needed and whatever. And he was like, what, what would be your strength? I mean, thinking, Jesus, I don't have any strengths. Do you know, yeah. I'm just being a teacher, like, yeah. at that stage, you're just a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm only take on every piece of advice, and you're like, that's, that's it. Yeah. Because the worst thing you can do is sort of walk in and think, I do know it all, or it's going to be this way and that way and every other way. But in reality, like, you're going to make a balls up enough times during a single day as it is with thinking, 
and, and I would say uh, one thing I actually did I don't know who gave me the advice but being reflective like you know you will have an incident with a child yeah. and you'll think back and you'll go I wish I dealt with that better yeah definitely um, and in the start of my career so many of us like I would spend my my drive home I'd spend my time thinking about that yeah, turn off the turn off the radio turn off the podcast turn off the book and just think yeah. um, and Oftentimes, what I'd do the next day was I I cash that kid in the corridor and have a quick chat, and I'd say, "Listen, man, I'm I'm really sorry about how I reacted yesterday. I think we were probably both in the wrong. I could have I could have done it better. I don't know what your day was like before I met you. Um, Can we have a just a blank canvas tomorrow?" And uh, the kids are like, "No, the respect through the roof." What? Like, um, yeah, of course. Uh, Like they can't they can't believe. Like an adult is apologising to them, like, especially a figure of authority. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like you compared to probably when everybody in your school, it was very one way traffic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm the I'm the boss man here, and you're just the peasants. So yeah. As I say. Whereas, as you say, especially in places like London, where I remember our, a teacher in our school used to always say, before they even come to school, you don't know what they've gone through, type of thing. Yeah. Or even whenever they went home from school last night, so they've already went through potentially a war zone of a day. They don't need me. Or you or anybody else straight away on their back. 100%. Or continuing on we toughs that they had the previous day. Um, but no, that's, 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 that's unbelievable. What do you made your business to go get them through? Yeah, uh, yeah, like it, 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 it always helped. Yeah. And it took nothing away from me. Um, See, I think, that's, I think that's the thing too because a lot of people would. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people they would be stuck in their ways, they wouldn't want to give an inch. Yeah, a six-year-old or a thirteen-year-old, you know what I mean? Yeah, you like you're not for the wrong reasons. If pride will do not. Yeah. Pride won't do a lot for you in your life. Exactly, like uh, nobody ever drowns swallowing it. Yeah. Um, here. GA. Did you play that one? No, I didn't play. I haven't played GA since I was fourteen or fifteen. So in East Clare, all we played was hurling. Well, sorry, in my village, all we played was hurling. Yeah. Uh, very little football. And we played everything else, basketball, volleyball, golf. Um just you name it, like we played we played excellent uh, soccer facility there, athletics, all that kind of stuff. Um, but there was no gay football. Uh, I started playing basketball when I was um, fifteen. Um, I wasn't very good. I was actually probably absolutely awful. But um, I started, I was just tall. And how did you start playing through the school or was there We started playing community games, um, which that's everyone plays in Ireland like. But well, as far as I'm aware, that's what I grew up around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided I wanted to play properly and my, my parents were super supportive and they used to drive me to Limerick. Uh, play started playing in Limerick and um, I had two coaches on both amazing, Neil Campbell. Um, God, if he listens to this, he's a teacher in Limerick, he's an amazing basketball coach. And uh, a guy called JP Nurbin who He's a full-time coach now. Um, he's coaches like he coaches athletes. He coaches um, he coaches coaches. Um, he, he's written a book recently. Knows what he's talking he, about. Yeah, he's uh, he's amazing. And he went to South Carolina, played basketball there. Um, where they got a guy who went to the NBA in the end. Um, then he came to Ireland and started coaching. And um, he, I would say, those, those two lads had like helped mold me a lot. And, Oh, JP pushed me into do PE and then eventually like that's how I got to maths. Yeah. But um, 
Then I, yeah, when I came out here, I looked mad for basketball. Um, couldn't find anything. There isn't, there doesn't seem to be men's basketball in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. It used to be, it seems like, but um, for for me, there just wasn't. And um, then one of the lads was like, play GA. And I was like, gosh, I've never played GA like, in my life. Like. Yeah. So he was like, just listen, can you catch the ball? I was like, of course I can. He was like, can you hand pass the ball? Yeah, do that. All right, so, I wish somebody had asked me them questions for yesterday <laughs> when we played. So I was like, should I probably playing goals? And he was like, do you want playing goals? And I'm like, no, I hate playing goals. Yeah. Um, so he was like, play midfield. I was like, I'm not playing midfield. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, no chance. He said, play midfield. And I kind of just yeah. took to it. Um, just running, hand passing, catching, that's it. Keep it simple. And man, like, I absolutely fell in love with it. Yeah. I played the whatever tune you see like the lowest team one of the lowest teams like, I don't yeah. care how long have you been out here still? this is first year oh so you've been uh, right, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah just the lads the camaraderie the the, the, the nights out the yeah. just when you meet them in, meet them on the night out meet them meet up just the friends you make out here through, through GM, 100% that's class like yeah. you you don't get it through too many other things even um, for example us like I think we may have spoke one hand, one hand really how many times we spoke and then just by a chance maybe a week or two before we were going home on Christmas we were stopping stopping over in Prague yeah next thing you're saying to me oh sure let us know if you're over and all the rest and it's just purely through that common number of I'm oh, sure it's part of the Gary team as well. yeah yeah you talk to everybody yeah unbelievable yeah you see what you're saying there with them two boys one of them was Mr Campbell and the other one went away to South Carolina Norbert that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. The ability to go away somewhere and bring it back to your own community yeah. and like part the knowledge they the yeah. accomplish it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something like I'd like to do, like yeah. get back to my community. That's the dream, like. Yeah. Um, would you want to do that for hundred percent? Um have you would you do what would you want to do it through sport? Is that what you'd like to do or something else? I think there's especially in Derry, I think there's others who would be more effective, I think, at doing it through sport. I think I would definitely like to contribute to it in terms of because I it's almost like play to your strengths do you know what I mean so say for example if I was in a school I would like to think that I'd be able to invite muckers in for example a couple of years ago a friend of mine was playing for Derry uh, playing with Shamrock Rovers now you're in McNeff yeah. and I was I think they, Derry just won a cup around that time and I said would you come in mm-hmm. um, and Arne was like definitely so like I think through that he didn't come in the end but, but I think through that I think that would be more meaningful than me like, absolutely, but I don't yeah. see why you couldn't do the exact same thing. Oh, like I mean, limiting yourself, if you, if like yeah, if you do limit yourself to that, yeah. you like you're never gonna do it. And like no. stuff like your jujitsu, like yeah, like there isn't a lot of people that can that can give that. And yeah. a friend of mine I used to work with in London, he he said he actually nearly went to the UFC. Like he was Jeez. that's what he was. Um, he was kickboxer and yeah. uh, purple belt jujitsu. Yeah. And he trained with a black belt. Um, trained with a few black belts actually. In Mill Hill, do you know where that? No, where's that? Yeah, uh, not west, not west, not northwest. Yeah. Um, and he would just he used to do it in school. Yeah. He used to roll in school. Yeah, because even no, that's dangerous. But yeah, it's not a few. He used to take care of the club's rule. Say again? Did you yeah. see? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So on the gymnastics, man, put him out and yeah, like just he you know he had two to start. Yeah. 
But you see, I think that's what I've loved so much about over here. Not you probably know more about it than I have, but I heard like in the secondary schools it's compulsory. Did you? Did you? Did you did say? No. It's not. No. No. But I do know that uh, <laughs> um, in my school we have. I'm not sure is it mixed martial arts or jiu-jitsu yeah. like the world champion he's 14 yeah. um, I think I think it's I think it's mixed martial arts yeah. no like I love that up here um, the fact that they that they commit to it and like jiu-jitsu especially yeah. because while it's a combat sport it's a defensive sport yeah. and I would love to learn I keep saying like oh you know, you know I'm in perfect place and I could learn it yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm putting it off I am yeah. and I, why am I putting it off probably because I'm afraid I'll be absolutely rubbish that's the thing everybody is the beginning like, yeah. do you know what I mean and then even I think what I love most about well at least what I thought that it was compulsory to you I remember thinking like that's so beneficial yeah. because especially the young fellas and gears don't get me wrong they both but like I was just thinking if, you, if we really take that and apply that they say back home where there's big maybe football communities and Gaelic communities and Sometimes they can almost ostracize other children, especially in schools, for example. Mm-hmm. Like it's the in boys, and you know, we're the group and you're not in the group. Yeah. Whereas you find, like a few of my friends that would do jiu-jitsu are very, very humble young fellas, you know, yeah. very humble men. That they're always actually looking, but not just jiu-jitsu, even kickboxers as well from there. They're like, they're always looking to intrigue yeah. other people and they the environment and the community and all the rest um, and I think that's something that back home could definitely be in some way learning from in the future but I know from Derry and anyway, especially that is the way it's going yeah. um, just through time through popularity yeah. because they're, the shackles of oh it's very barbaric that's gradually fading away do you know what I mean you would hope so and you're starting to see now that actually the once upon a time young fellas that were practicing it who have gone on to be champions are actually now pillars of the community and they're yeah. in their 30s and 40s and they're inviting juniors up that are 6 and 7 they have fun days and all the rest do you know what I mean so like there is good nature there like there's one film particular in Derek Sean McGill and he's been running a kickbox gym now for years like but that man's heart is far beyond any politician or anything else that I can imagine like, in terms yeah. of what he does for the community day in day out like. yeah. um, so just seeing that it's definitely a type of role model that I think should be put in a pedestal and then others can learn from definitely absolutely yeah. um, just what you were saying there about Gaelic so how do you find it come out because to be honest I was on the impression you did play you know because I've never played it either really you know, yeah. maybe one or two blitzes in, in secondary school but then that was just like our school would have just brought the football team to play Gaelic do you yeah. know what I mean whereas I assumed that you'd have played it down and you but obviously you were just like a hurling void yeah just a hurling village and like I would say you know, I kind of, I kind of took to, you know, quick enough. Yeah. Uh, my soloing would be weak, and I would say that that's yeah. fine. I wouldn't. I think I've kicked maybe two points the whole year. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Like, it's an invasion sport. Yeah. This very specific skills need to be learned in practice, but it's just an invasion sport. Can you get into the other person's area and score? Yeah. Um. I always had Alan there to score all the goals for me. <laughs> um, so as long as I got him the ball. I knew I could uh, I, I excellent forwards at one point and they always buried him. Uh, it's a good job he's in our presence here, you wouldn't be saying that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say something until you started talking shit there, but I'm <laughs> did you Did you feel as if your basketball played a part? Because um, uh, the reason why I'm asking, right, 
before this year, I would have a very extremely limited knowledge of the Gaelic, right? Yeah. Much to my own shame. Um, but I remember always like watching um, games with Mayo. Is it Aidan O'Shea? Or Tomas O'Shea? One or two. Um, they would always come in as basketball, they'd play basketball during the year and all this, as if it was this big part of his game. Would you say that? No, for some of just playing it obviously for leisure. Did you notice any difference? No. No? True, like, yeah. like, yeah, I suppose it helped my hands a bit, like. Yeah. Um, but, like, I would say hurling had just as much as an imp- of an impact in terms of, like, yeah. your spacing in the field. Soccer is just as much an impact as spacing in the field. It's a bit, like, here is, obviously it's not as big a field as it is at home. Yeah. But, yeah, that sort of spacing, like, basketball is, like, basketball is not a, it's not a sport where you get to do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, you run plays, you run very specific plays, you be in a, in a proper position, with a proper stance, where you need to be, basketball's a, it's a hard sport to learn. Yeah. Um, an extreme, takes real discipline. Um, the best basketball players that I've ever played with, they, like the amount of discipline that they had in their games, yeah. um, that and like that, those two coaches that they yeah, put into yeah. them. Now, if I had put in the amount of commitment that those lads had, I maybe I would have been a lot better. I don't know. Yeah. I never really put in that huge amount of commitment that it, that it required. Basketball, it's, it isn't as free flowing a game as people think it is. Yeah, um, and like, yeah, you know, certain skills where you meet your hands and stuff. Maybe, but no, like, I, I, don't, I don't really think so. Like. Yeah, and then I think to a degree as well, I couldn't even say that could be just taken for granted. Because I remember at the beginning of the year, see even the idea of getting the ball in my hands. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I was just playing soccer. I was panicking. Like, yeah. You know, about catching the ball or like knowing what to do with it. Yeah. Um, so maybe in that way, to an extent. But well, sure, I, was exact, I was the exact same. Really? Was well, oh, jeez, that man. The amount of panic that would come over you. Yeah. Like, come at you. Like, get this thing away from you. Yeah, definitely. Help it to rule Yeah. Especially seeing there was closed in groups and there's four or five people on the, on the wee square and you're fucking all of a sudden you've got the ball. Like. Yeah. Uh, it's um, no man's land for me. Like. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you, do you notice much of a difference between here and home? But you're, you're just out fresh as well under the scene, really. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Best way to be. Yeah. Um, Stack, I remember talking to you briefly over quarantine, and you've sort of referenced it already about what you did in terms of. I love that you were saying you emailed people that you feel as if were owed a degree of things. How was quarantine for you? Was it a period of rest and soothing? Music and all the rest, or was it a time I go hard? Did better. Uh, I wouldn't be. A, I wouldn't be a huge man for um, rest and soothing. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I find it a little bit hard to relax. Uh, yeah. The way I relax is I. Uh, I usually like watch like kitchen nightmares. Right. Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> him screaming at people. That's great to relax. Just to psych you up the next day. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't really do too much relaxing. I've been going going pretty hard now. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, I was. I try and do like, I was getting very good for my exercise at the start. That's that's dropped off a bit. Um, just the motivation has kind of has kind of relaxed and. Um, Motivation, I, I have plenty to say on that, but uh, in terms of like personal development, yeah. that's what I've been really been working on. Yeah. Um, I 
I have just committed myself to to reading a lot of books and especially about um, especially about finance and personal finances. Yeah. Um, but also like things like effectiveness, um, psychology, and just sort of understand the world better. Maybe economics, um, business. Like, I don't really love novels. I try to read like the classics. You know, like yeah, yeah. like Jane Eyre and um, um, Women, uh, Pride and Prejudice, and all those kind of books. And I try, I try. Like these books are meant to be the ones you have to read but they're not for you they're not for me yeah. um, what I want is something that is going to keep my attention and keep me interested yeah. like something like Freakonomics um, brilliant book most people have heard of it like why um, and like they talk about like why uh, why drug dealers live with their mothers <laughs> why um, so <laughs> there is a long story to this but essentially if you were if you were a low level drug dealer yeah. uh, from the they, they, this in this gang, yeah. they used to keep um, these keep books because one of the gang members had a business degree. Um, so he started off as let's say like a lieutenant, we'll call him. Um, so he was a lieutenant, and he was making about a hundred grand a year, right? From, from but he had like low level drug dealers underneath him. Right. Okay. Um, these drug dealers were working about. They were working about a sixteen or seventeen hour day. And they were making somewhere in the region of about two dollars thirty an hour, or something like that. So they were making nothing, like, yeah. um, because it was all flowing up. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, um, that's one reason why drug dealers are for the mothers, because they, they actually don't get paid. Like, it's like, mad, like, and yeah. people think people think like, oh, drug dealers have loads of money, but like, yeah, in the reality, it's like, yeah, like. Things like that. I just find that interesting. Oh, definitely. I, yeah. I know nothing about because it. Really, you, but, uh, oh, I, I would agree. Like, I'd be on the type of stuff as well. Um, but I would be very much like you in terms of like, oh, I, I feel obliged to read this because this is what everybody's doing. Like, for example, the Dubliners or U- Ulysses. I remember. Um, you read Ulysses? Of course I have. I was, supposed to, <laughs> I was supposed to read it for university until I seen the size of it. And I was like, am oh, I fuck reading that? No way. No, no interest. Don't get me wrong, I think at some point in my life I would like to read it. Yeah. For the novelty of it, but like. Yeah. Now, when I say reading as well, I don't mean reading, I mean listening to audiobooks. So you've got me into that? Yeah. Right, so and I'll give you a bit of context. During recent events there, the whole um, outbreak, not even outbreak, just the, the climax that happened in America, Stack was telling me about there's an app, Audible, you can listen to this book being read, um, they challenge your own misconceptions maybe of white supremacy, would you say? Not white supremacy, white privilege. White privilege, sorry, yeah. that's what I meant Yeah. Um, sorry, I was thinking of you being from Clare. No, I <laughs> but, um, so I said, geez, that's, that's a new way to maybe approach a book in terms of just listening to it. And I did, I listened to it. Which, oh, why am I talking to white people about race anymore? Did you listen to that? No, no, I haven't listened to it. Yeah, that but, one. But I've adopted this, the technique of listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, this morning I was listening to um, Napoleon Hill Think and Get Rich or something. I have, I've, I've listened to that at the moment. I, I'm a few chapters under that. Yeah. But it's a lot handier, as you say, because I would read books. Yeah. It would, it would take me a while. You know, I, I wouldn't. I'm the same, man. My reading age wouldn't be too scared either. No, I'm dyslexic, like, so. Yeah. It, yeah like, I could be 20 minutes page, like. Yeah. Because I can't speed read, I can't. See, I'm saying. If, if yeah. I miss something, I have to go back. Oh, I think you should see my books. My books are constantly underlined. Yeah. And then my girlfriend said, well, why, why are you paying so much attention? And it's not. 
by choice, you know, it's because I feel as if I can't miss anything. Yeah. Whereas I've noticed if I listen, I can buzz through yeah. a good bit of Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's ways and means of doing it through Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like just, I just, just really been committed to getting better. Not just, not just, not just for my finance stuff. Like, like my favorite writer is Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I'd love to know your opinion on this. So he was talking about class size. Class size. Yes. Right. What's your opinion on okay. class size? Is there a perfect class size? Can you like because if I if if you hear the government saying we're committed to lowering class size, right? You're committed to lowering class size. You're like as a parent, I'm assuming parents would think that's great. I want more one-to-one time with my with my child. Well, you mean classes in, in the school? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant class, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant social, right? Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. So, what would you say that there's a perfect class size? I would say in London I had 30 in my class. 30, one year, 32 the next. And I remember thinking, because obviously it was my first two years teaching, I thought, this is a lot, this mm. is heavy. But then this year in Abu Dhabi I've had 24. Mm-hmm. Which don't get me wrong, was much more intimate. Yeah. But I would nearly prefer the thirty-two. Okay. Because when I was teaching a class that was up around thirty, there was teaching. Yeah. And it was full throttle teaching. Yeah. There was progress made. Whereas I find, or I this year I found, um, whenever there's lower classes, lower numbering classes, mm-hmm. there's a lot more expectation of. Can you be my friend? You know what I mean? That there's that sort of expectation, and that's not just from the students. That's from parents as well. Yeah. But then that might be a cultural thing because here, for example, you might have a parent literally turn up to the door of your class and wave you out, whereas that would never happen no. back home in Ireland, UK. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I'm interested to find out why. What's what's the so what's the four one one on? Um, I have taught classes. The biggest class I've ever taught was thirty two. Um, that's a big maths class now. Yeah. Uh, smallest class I've ever thought is six. Um, uh, thought class of six, eight, ten, twelve, probably um, twenty, and I would say probably my favourite class size was probably about twenty-four. So in uh, I asked I asked friends of mine what they thought, and um, a primary according to my a friend of mine. Somewhere between 18 and 24 was, ide- was what they thought was the ideal. Yeah. They said, I go with 18, it's just too small. Yeah. So, uh, in the book, Malcolm Lauer talks about how there is an N-shaped curve, right? So you'll reach a plateau yeah. that's perfect, and then there'll be negative consequences on either side of that. Right, okay. So, when a class is too small, yeah. there's negative consequences to that. Yeah. And when a class is too big, there's also negative consequences to that. Because on one end, you know, there's just so many reasons. Like the kids, the kids, like when you're in a really small class, it's hard to get the kids to be to feedback because they they feel embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when there's when there's way too many kids, when there's forty kids in a class, they don't know everyone. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. you can't get it to everybody in a in a in a, in a, in a it lacks the atmosphere. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and he talks about how you actually have you have to find a nice balance so between 18 and 24 and I would say do you know what I, 
up to 30, like it's actually a grand size for a class. Yeah. 20, I would say 27 is actually probably my, the biggest I'd like, because yeah. I'm afraid I'm missing out on kids, some kids. 100%. I remember thinking that in my first year home, no wrestling class list. Yeah. Obviously, again, you panic. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of factors as well. Like you, you, I remember looking at the class list. Mm. We things like that. I remember looking at the class list and feeling daunted by not being able to pronounce certain names. And do you know what I mean? Whereas over here, now, for example, we've got our class list for next year. Yeah. And I haven't even looked at that. Yeah. Because just through time you realise that's not. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Obviously, the clubs are important. Yeah. Names, we details of that aren't important. Yeah. Um, First day I always go, listen, I'm going to give your name wrong and call yeah, it out. Please just correct me. But that's, that's the small stuff you sweat in the beginning with, you know what I mean? Pointless, like. Yeah. Um, going back to Matt and Dan, when you say the class size, yeah. that also correlates to the um, number of police. No. Yeah, I found oh, that the number of police? Yes. I so thought, I thought you said, do you know the number of police? <laughs> like a person? I said, right, who's this? The num- so the number of police. So, the number of police, yeah. Um, Bill Clinton was, yeah. was a famous populist. Yeah. So he would just say things like, we're going to make class sizes smaller. We're going to, we're going to have more police in the streets. Yeah. Sensationalism. Yeah. Now, there is also a negative effect to that. Um, having too many police in the street, there is a negative effect to it. And it, it makes, it turns, it, what it does. Like, again, this is not my opinion. Yeah. This is what Matt McDowell has found through his research. Yeah. There is negative effects. People start to stop trusting the police. And they don't feel safer because there's more police out there. Yeah. Um, you have to find a balance. Yeah. Now I don't know what that balance is, but it, and and it's not up. It, it isn't up to me. Yeah. It shouldn't be because there's experts out there. That's it exactly. Yeah. There's there's police commissioners and there's and, and people who study criminology and people who study um, all sorts of things and like economists that they should be given the advice on that. And yeah. I like economics can be a fantastically boring topic. But I've, I've been listening to a guy, or actually watching a guy on YouTube called Economics Explained. Right, yeah. Oh, his, his economics videos are absolutely fascinating. And he, like... Engaging? Oh, like, super. Like, like why, um, why hot countries and cold countries? Why, are, why do hot countries have lower GDPs and cold countries have higher GDPs? Stuff like that. What's like, the GDP? What's that? G, uh, GDP, uh, gross, gross domestic product. Like right. how much um, each person... Is is I believe what it means is, is how much each person. Yeah. Um, actually, do not. I don't know. I <laughs> we'll come back there. Yeah. We'll come back um, there. But I. So say for example, right, you're saying it's very interesting, it's very engaging. Do you think somebody like me, with no real um, insight or knowledge on the sort of economics or maths or whatever, like no ability, no natural interest or ability, whereas you being that you're Obviously, I'm not teaching honest. Would it be watered down for the likes of me to get on board with? I know absolutely nothing about business. I know absolutely nothing about economics. I, I didn't do them for my analysis. Yeah. I didn't do them for my literature. I don't know anything about them. So you're stuck in the I've just decided yeah. I want to learn. And I go to the places where I think it's engaging, I think it's understandable. Yeah. And Malcolm Gladwell, he's an amazing writer. He, he can make anybody understand anything. Yeah. Um, that guy on YouTube, Economics Explained. Again, he's amazing. He can make anybody understand anything. Yeah. Going to those sort of sources, like, that's what you want. Like, in, I've, I've been actually doing the same as Eastwick in terms of using quarantine to try and become financially literate. Because there's a lot, and I've noticed too, since I've started looking at it, there's a, for example, there's a lot of acronyms 
mm-hmm. right? Which, if you go on the Facebook form, and every man woman around you is saying, oh, I've got an ETF, or whatever, mm-hmm. it can be very off-putting, yep. because you're already thinking, Jesus, look how much, how far off the distance I am, yep. to this or whatever. But, through st- what you're saying, through watering it down, I've started reading The Millionaire Expert. Okay. Did you read that? I mean, it's on the list. Your man, Hall am I? Very, very good book so far. Um, but he more or less takes everything and just breaks it right down. Yeah. In terms of, from a teacher's perspective. Mm-hmm. So you automatically know you're buying Andy somebody that's like you. Yeah. In terms of no real understanding, no real awareness. But he explains everything. Yeah. And he doesn't just do it for a Cana- from a Canadian perspective or a North American. He does it from a British expat, an Irish expat, a South African, and so on. Yeah. Which is definitely, if, if you're definitely in the finances, it's something you should be reading. Um, no, go ahead, what you say? Like, into finances. I'm just, like, <laughs> that kind of thing, it, it, it grades on me because yeah. um, we all should be into finances. Yeah. And I have said in the past, and I think back and I want to kick myself so hard to say, are you stupid? Like, mm-hmm. how do you understand that? If you don't care about money, you will have none, right? Um, I understand that now because I will tell you, when I lived in London, I lost, I would say, at least £10,000 because of bad decisions. Yeah. Um, like things like deposits, um, like rent not being paid by, by other people because I moved in with them but like didn't, didn't go through the proper processes of moving in with them. Yeah. Um, silly things. And I wish I understood that better, and I wish I cared more because, yeah. like, I think I think things like uh, things would be things would be a lot more easy for me. Like, yeah. I would I used to wake up. I would, I would say before quarantine, one thing that was definitely different for me is I wake up and I would think I'd be worried about money over here uh, all the time, man. Like, really, I, I would be worried about money. That's not when I have it. Yeah, yeah. I've always been comfortable, yeah. but I would worry because. Like I was listening to your podcast with um, the the uh, what's his name the the fit teacher the the main teacher Gillian yes um, yeah, yeah. and you were saying um, you want to be a homeowner or you want to be, you yeah. went into the property market yeah like like I want to be in the property market next year yeah like one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life is get on the property ladder definitely yeah um, but that is whether by the time I turn 29, that's my goal, I want to own a house. Yeah. Now, I don't want to own my house. Yeah. That's where I'm at as well. I want to own, well, not a, and not a house, I want to own an apartment. Because one thing that I've learned over this time is, um, one of the best books I've read is, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You bought that last yeah. week, so did, yeah. Very good. So he talks about, one of the first things he always says is, well, he keeps saying this, like the book is long, and it's pretty much the same thing over and over and over. He says, pay yourself first. And when you hear it, you think, yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Pay yourself first. Very you, no, but I didn't think it was simple at all. I was like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. So let me give you an example from, from what I'm talking about, from, from me. I have decided, since quarantine started, um, I'm gonna do two things. Once my paycheck comes in, one, I'm gonna send an amount of money to my savings account yeah. for my the mortgage I want to get before before I turn twenty nine. Yeah. 
And the second thing I do is I buy stock. So I, at the start of this uh, quarantine, I've been buying stock. Yeah. I started, got into the stock market and a lot of people say, oh, I don't know about that, that sounds very dangerous. Perfect thing. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, I'm just really committed to that. Yeah. And I'm right, and then at the end, I go, okay, this is, this is the amount of money I've got left. And I say, okay, where's that going? Well, I've got to pay uh, that credit card bill. I've got to pay the, that, the rest of those bills for the, for the month. And then I have this much left. I think, okay, this is what I have to pay for the rest of the month. And yes. that is your motivation to say, okay, I need a second revenue stream. And pretty much everybody out in the UAE has that second re- revenue stream that we t- we're not allowed to talk about. Yeah. And I won't say here, but we all have that. And if, when I said talk about motivation, yeah. there's your motivation. I need a second revenue stream. Oh crap, I have no money. Yeah. Why do I have no money? Because I paid myself first. I am pushing for the future. Yeah. And that, that's been my motivation too get that second revenue stream and hopefully a third and fourth because that's my that's my plan and that's the goal that's the goal hopefully by the I remember that was actually the that was the first time I heard of that strategy through Gilly that night yeah. he was talking about paying himself and I remember thinking you just pay yourself he's like yeah, yeah just send money home straight away and I was like that sounds handy enough yeah. so that's what I was doing recently right up until about until I started listening to these audiobooks yeah. um, so I was paying myself which I thought was very handy, very straightforward. As soon as it comes in, before I pay my bills, just buying it out, and that's how it's gone. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Then I was reaching a stage then where it was like, I've paid myself, but now it's just sitting there. And that's where I was sort of saying, it sounds simple, but now that it's there, it's not done. There's still so much that that needs to go through in terms of if you want to make your money work for you, etc., which they all speak about as well. Yeah. But unless you're going to go out and try and get the knowledge of this you're yeah. not going to get it no you're not no, and nobody's going to come to you and say hey, this. Well, I, to be honest I was quite lucky I had Gilady sort of point in the right direction yeah um, but what you're saying you know, in terms of you took the jump to go into the stock market yeah I'm interested to hear how that came about and do you know what I mean so I have a friend Irla um, if he's listening to this he is he is just one of the most he, he's a brilliant man really is um most of patients of a synth, does he? Work <laughs> we grew up together. Parents of both, he's both parents of both teachers as well. Um, played golf, played every sport together, just friends since we were small kids. He lives in Australia now, and he used to live in Korea, and he used to live in China, and uh, used to uh, work in India, in orphanages, orphanages and stuff. But like this guy wouldn't, this guy wouldn't think he's any in, in, in any way special. Yeah, yeah. You say like he's just a hard worker. Um. So Irla, about, I think he said about three years ago he got into the stock market and he was like, Colin, you need to, you need to get into it as well. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. And then Wait. this came. Why? Yeah. I, I could say to you, I didn't have the money. Yeah. Um, but I I wasn't interested. Yeah. Right, that's the truth. I wasn't. Yeah. Um, I used two apps over, the, over that time. Um, one was, uh, what was it called? Um, so there's some app in the UK where you where they take your money out money box they take the money out of your account and they 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 round up all your purchases so if you spend 29.95 
they'll take out the five cents and they put it into a savings account for you. That savings account actually goes into the stock market and it's all lovely. Now I got a decent return from that and I was like, yeah, you know, this is actually quite fun. Like I made a couple hundred pounds, let's carry on with this. Yeah. So then there's a, there's a really very, very simple investing app called Plum. Plum does the exact same thing. Yeah. P-L-U-N. Anybody can get that. It's on, it's true Facebook Messenger. It is as simple as can be. And they will invest it into um, very safe funds for you. Yeah. Um, my, my plum at the moment is returning about 15%, Oof. which is decent, Mike. That's, yeah. nothing, that's nothing to sniff at. Yeah. Now, when I started, started taking it properly, seriously, um, I was like, right, I need a broker. Now, a broker is somebody that will buy the stocks for you. She's like, this is where I fall off the wagon, so I'm not Stick with me. It. Yeah, go for it. Have you heard of Revolut? Revolut, yeah. Do you have a Revolut? Yeah. Then you can, then that's your broker. Yeah. Right? So if you put money into your Revolut, yeah. you can go to the wealth section. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Go on the stocks. And then invest it. Yeah. Right? So you invest it into that and then choose your stocks. Buy your stocks. Buy it. You can either buy amount, you can buy per stock, yeah. or you can buy by price. Um, choose stocks that you like. When people say to me, oh, I don't know what stocks to buy. Give me, pick four brands for me. Pick, pick, like, and I'm talking any four brands, whatever it be, tech, any, any company. Oh, yeah, like McDonald's, Coca-Cola. McDonald's, yeah. Coca-Cola, okay. Yeah. See, Give me two more. Uh, Reebok and Nike. Reebok and Nike, okay. Yeah. Um, Warren Buffett, yeah. most successful investor ever, yeah. worth 86 billion. He, he chose McDonald's and Coca-Cola. He, there was two, two of his companies. Doesn't he as well, yeah. Uh, Nike, I, 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 good money. I have no money in Nike, uh-huh. and I don't believe in. Re- I don't personally believe in Reebok. If yeah. you think Reebok are class, then I'm saying bye. Yeah. Right. Um, if you if you are terrified and think, listen, I I I don't want to ever have a chance of losing any money. Yeah. Pick the five biggest stocks in the world: Facebook, Google, Amazon, um, Netflix, Microsoft, and Netflix. Yeah. They're all the fangs. Yeah. F A N G S and an N for Microsoft. Um. Or the the fine stuff like they're simple they're really expensive yeah like um, a pe- one Am- a share of Amazon is fourteen hundred dollars but you don't have to buy one a, a whole one you can buy a part of one right right yeah on 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 Revolut. now I would say I would say of the teachers that are out here with you and me at the moment I would say probably at least fifty percent and that's that's a quite a reserve figure have Revolut. and I do Revolut. and Monzo. Monzo, okay, it's the English version. So that doesn't have the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I not I have I had Monzo when I was in the UK and I got Revolut when I was at home for Christmas. Yeah. I, I find Revolut better, but like they're still both pretty dabs. Now, where do I get my stock advice? Yeah. Because am I interested in reading a million things about from Business Insider? I'm not. Yeah. I'm really not. I pay a company called My Wall Street. They're an Irish investment company. They won a load of awards yeah. um, for their ethics, right? So they are the good guys. And they will say, there's, 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 people think that the stock market is dangerous. If you put your money into the stock market yeah. and leave it in there for 20 years, yeah, yeah. the chance of losing money is 0.03%. That means 99.97% 97% of stocks grow. 
no matter what. So my objective is in 10 to 15 years time yeah. to have at least a million quid. Yeah. Right, and that, like, that sounds like a phenomenal amount of money. But with compound growth, definitely, yeah. which is growth over time, yeah. That's what, that's that's what that's what will happen. And, and like for those of you listening to this, type in um, investment calculator into uh, into Google and have it have it have just play around with it. Yeah. Type in the number of years. Type in um, amount of investment return. The average return on the S and P five hundred yeah. is about nine yeah. percent. Warren Buffett is really good. Yeah, but just ten percent, right? Yeah. Um, the market at the moment, it's quite volatile. So there's a lot of growth, there's a lot of depression. If you're really right, if you pick companies that you like and you companies that you believe in, you're going to see growth. Yeah. Um, like I, I have, I have stock in Google, Netflix, um, Microsoft, and they haven't returned a whole lot for it. They turned decently. Yeah. I'm happy enough with them. Um, but I have other stocks like Tesla. Tesla, I am a huge believer in. Um, they forgot for it. That's doubled in value since yeah. I bought it. Um, when did you buy it? Again, the quarantine? Yeah. And then you'll also get people saying, oh, I missed the boat on that. Yeah. Right? You haven't. Right? Tesla could be worth three times, ten yeah. times what it's worth now. Yeah. Because Elon Musk is, he's an amazing man. Like, I think he's only turned like 49 there yesterday or something. Yeah. Um, everyone's scared to lose money. But really, if, you, if you're willing to, if, if you put your money into a savings account, which, don't get me wrong, I'm doing, yeah. that's, that's with a goal in mind. If you put your money into a savings account and leave it up there for two, three, four, five years, it's going to be worth two, three, four, five percent less in that time because of inflation. inflation yeah. And like every country, every most Western countries see somewhere between one and two percent inflation every single year. Yeah. So that means your money is getting less value. Yeah. Your man does a very good job of that so far from what I've read and comparing it. For example, um, if you had have put say ten thousand pound in a savings account in nineteen eighty and now you would have this amount. Yeah. But if you had have invested that exact same amount in the S and P five hundred, yeah. this is how much more you would have had. Yeah. So like he's constantly referring back and statistically proving that that is the way forward. Yeah, and like and people are they're very afraid of stocks and I, and I know it sounds yeah. scary and it sounds like oh I could lose my money, but the, the likelihood is if you're if you're willing to invest and leave it, just leave it and not take it out, yeah. it's going to be worth a phenomenal amount of money when when in ten years time if you're willing to like just wait. Yeah. And like Warren Buffett says, um people ask why why doesn't why don't they copy Warren Buffett's investment style? And he just says no one wants to get rich slow. Yeah, because that's it. And if you can, if you can bear it, yeah, um, it's the way to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, uh, real estate is a brilliant investment. Yeah, but it does take a, a it does take more care. Yeah, um, big time. My parents were in real estate. Um, did really well in real estate. Yeah, but they're lucky they had six kids because. The, the six kids were in there mowing lawns and painting walls and yeah. like looking after the properties and like it's it's, it's hard enough work like yeah. it, there's there's heavy graft in it but then again like they're a brilliant investment yeah. but they can be very stressful whereas if you can if you if you're if, if let's say you can 
honestly put, I don't know, like a thousand pounds to start, let's just put this, thousand whatever to start, yeah. and I add 500, 200, 100 a month, put into that Vexman calculator, and you'll see after 10, 15 years, the amount of growth is insane. Like the compound interest you're getting back being, being three or four times what you put in originally. Yeah. Like, sorry, being, being three or four times what you put in over the course of that time. Do you know? It's, I'm sure the people listening are getting very bored of me talking about this, but if you can, I'm learning, I'm if, like, if you can commit to it, yeah. it's, like, I love it. And it, like, this isn't my opinion. It isn't. Yeah, this is my, this is what, what I learned from yeah. that guy here, like, my Wall Street put out a, a they actually, their last episode last week was absolutely brilliant. They do a stock club on, it's, it's on every podcast yeah. network. Um, and the Motley Fool, they're an American group who are all about um, ethical investment. Um, and if you can do, like, if you're willing, I, I would say, do it. Yeah. I do want to clear one thing up. People, and um, think that investing is trading. Trading and investing are not the same thing. Right. Trading is a person that buys and then sells. Yeah. Buys and sells. Right? So it's essentially yeah. and both my Wall Street and the Motley Food will talk about this. It's essentially gambling. Yeah. That's not what I'm interested in. Because quick fix you're looking to stay the stay the Investment. Course. Yeah. Investing. And uh, like 15, 20 years and see what happens. Yeah. And um, I have my short and medium and very long term goals. Yeah. That I'm, I don't, I'm not gonna share with anybody because they're for me. But if you can set them up and make them your objective, yeah, like it's actually quite, it's quite easy, um, to to put away that money, yeah, and to pay yourself incentives, yeah, you've got that. Because I was the same as you in terms of, I had in my head right, at the end of the year gonna have enough to buy a house, mm-hmm. but then that was quite naive of me because although now. You, you could probably say, but maybe you do, Sean, maybe you do have enough for um, a deposit or whatever. But now that I've learned more about it, mm-hmm. it's not as simple as just throwing maybe a couple of grand at something because there's all these hidden costs. But that's part of just educating yourself on the matter. Yeah, like, there's no easy way of making money. Yeah. Like, that's, there, there I, think, I think, and I probably speak for a lot of people whenever I say this, at the beginning I thought there would have been because you're fed this sort of snippet on an Instagram video like, Realistic, buy a house, rent it out, and it sounds great. But in reality, you start actually looking on this. Yeah. You start speaking to people like yourself that have a bit more knowledge on it. You realise like, ah, this is a long slog. Like. It is. Yeah. Um, like, and I've talked to a few people about like, you know, when you get a lot of property. Yeah. They say it does like it actually get a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but the first, the second house, they're really hard to get. And the guy in um, the guy in Rich Dad Poor Dad, he said, buy assets, not liabilities. Um, now having an a- assets are things that make you money. Yeah. Liabilities are things that cost you money. Cost you money. So like a car, depreciates. Is not an asset. Yeah. Does it make you money? If it gets you to that second source of income, then possibly. Yeah. But it's still going to depreciate. But as soon as you buy it, it's still, it's it's still going to cost you to put it on the road, cost you to buy it, cost you to put it on it and, and, and look after it. Um, like, can you can you do without those liabilities? Yeah. Like, if it's not making you money, it's a liability. And 
Um, a book that I think you'll love is The Richest Man in Babylon. I actually came across it this morning. It's on YouTube, free audiobook. Is it? That's my next book. Yeah. Um, and I think you should. I think you should read that. It's 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 a lovely book. It's it's put into story form. Um, where it's just stories from Babylon. Is there pictures from? There is pictures from. That one's sitting there at the prodigal son after blowing his, blowing his, his wealth. <laughs> Babylon was the richest city, supposedly ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, called the Golden City, um, like immeasurable wealth. And um, they, from different people, um, they came up with the the laws of gold. Um, I took them down because I found them absolutely fascinating and I um, like um, it was the last story that really hit home with me because not that long ago I was I was severely in debt like severely in debt and I was like I luckily put in a huge amount of graft especially in London I was tutoring 15, 16, 17 hours a week um, didn't really get to do anything else yeah. uh, because I was just driving to tutoring come home have my dinner go to bed um, but um, this last one, the last story, I'll just really quickly run through it. Over. So he said, um, there's a man who built up massive debt and wanted to move back to, to Babylon because he moved to Damascus and lost all his money there. So he owed, okay, this sounds a bit silly, uh, 156 silver pieces and 30 copper pieces. So he decided um, that he that how he split up his money was he would pay 20% of his income, no matter what, he paid 20% of his income to his debtors. And within two years, he had, he had paid off his debtors. So the 20% went to his debtors. 10%, no matter what, 10% he kept for himself. Now they call that gold in the book, they always refer to it as gold. What do you keep for yourself? You keep, you keep 10% for yourself and that's your savings. Now whether that be, you can think of that a couple of different ways, you can buy, well, I would say you should buy three things if you're ever going to save or invest your money. Yeah. One, buy uh, save for a house. Two, buy stocks. Or three, buy gold. Yeah. Gold at the moment is actually really highly priced. It's shit hot at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, gold, because there's such uncertainty in the world, gold has become really expensive. Yeah. Gold in like six or seven years time, gold is going to flat again. Like, still be worth a lot of money. But um, yeah, like gold is something that you can buy as well. Yeah. Um, What's that, commodities? Is that like yeah, under? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like commodity, you can also buy oil, but like yeah. the, no, the normal person doesn't have access to crude oil because... I was reading something the other day, somebody said... They were paying you to, they were, they, they were paying you to take the oil. No, 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 this was a high profile person and they said that all they invest in nowadays is water. Yes, um, do you know the guy that, that did the big short? Do you remember the big that's, short? That's what it was. Yeah, he, what it was, he yeah. invested in order. Um, Michael Barry. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He yeah. did the, the big short, made made his company 60 billion or something in, in one trade or something. Yeah, that was crazy. That one, yeah. It's a great, great show. Anyway, so 20% pay your debtors, 10% uh, keep to yourself, put in your savings account, and then 70% is for you to live a good life, look after your loved ones, and like you, like life isn't meant to be crap. Like you still have to look after yourself. So seventy percent of your earnings, looking after that. Um, so they talk about it in the book, and then it's this archaeologist who starts to talk about it, and he said, um, 
I'm, I, I decided to take this advice that was 4,000 years old. Um, me and my wife had come into some quite bad debt mm-hmm. um, over our lifetime. And we, were, we were in our late 40s and we had no, we had no savings. Um, because he was a university lecturer, they had no pension. Yeah. There was no state pension. So he, did, he followed the rules, 20% his debtors, 10% for savings and 70% for his life. Um, within a couple of years, he paid off, like two years, he paid off all that money. Then he could focus that 30% on his investments. They ended up buying a property. Yeah. Then they ended up buying another one. And by, the, by his retirement, he said they had, their, their nest egg would, was guaranteed to see them all for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And like, I didn't do that. Like, I just worked like crazy. Yeah, um, and, yeah um, but I wish I'd been smarter and, yeah. and enjoyed my life a bit more because the last, my aunts in the last 18 months, and they weren't that enjoyable. That's it. And maybe that's part of the reason I moved out here because I was completely debt free when I did move out here. But yeah, um, yeah like, I, wish I'd, I wish I'd gotten into this and gotten into my finance and gotten smarter about my personal finances so much earlier. And, like, I, like I want to, when I do try and talk to my friends about it, like, like me, like uh, lads that me and Alan know, like, usually what I, what I get told is, you know, I'm just not interested. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I'm not worried. I don't, I don't care about that. And like, I was that person 18 months ago, a year ago, yeah. but I was still terrified about my money. Yeah. Like not having enough every day and not being able to go out or not being able to see my friends or not being able to pay my fees. Like, I never ever want to be like that again. And yeah, I, I've committed to myself that I won't be like that again. Um, I think living somewhere in London too. Um, not that I was in debt, so to speak, but like you feel as if you're working yourself to the bone for no reward. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no spillage at the end of the month. You're literally coming twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and this is the same in lots of cities. Coming twenty fourth, twenty fifth of the month, it's bad down the hatches and just make it through to the end of the month. Yeah. Um, Which is never any fun. It's not, uh, but I don't know maybe if I speak for a lot of people. But I was almost led to believe that's just part of being a grown up. And that's wrong, like. That is that isn't right. And like But what you're saying too, which was very interesting about you wish you had been like that. So you're saying maybe hindsight. Whereas I I was always very proud to have the tagline of like, ah, it's Sean. Sean doesn't care about money. I know Sean's very carefree with his money, make sure whoever's around him is taken care of. Yeah. And the extent right that's lovely, but at the same time it's because I didn't know any better. Yeah. Whereas if I had, I had a wee bit of an inclination. So for example, in the, all these books, they'll talk about when is your date to your time. Yeah. 23, 24 year old. Last year, a couple of months ago, I didn't give up. I was the same as your mates. I didn't yeah. give up bollocks about when I was going to retire. But it is the reality. Yeah. Um, especially as an expat, if you're with no pension and there's nothing set up at home for you to return to. Yeah. And like, that's why it's something like, like investing in those stocks. Yeah. Like people are afraid that you lose money. If, if you're really afraid that you're gonna lose money, yeah. buy Google, buy Amazon, don't buy Facebook because I wouldn't. I, you can, you can give me Facebook stock. It's so like I, I, I hate Facebook's business model. I think it's disgusting for what they do. Yeah. Um, and how they're not making even more money off WhatsApp and Instagram. I don't know. How. Anyway. Yeah. Um, why is it really safe? Because we don't like out here. We don't have that safety net of a pension and. But isn't it, isn't it a bit strange that we don't have that safety net, right? And we know that. But then other people that would be out here would say, but sure, you don't have to pay your rent. So then that affords us to drink two, three times a week. 
Because that is what a lot of people fall into the trap of out here. Yep. They see the, the shining lights of the sun and the tan and all these boat parties and all this and they think, this is my life now. And then extent that it's good they do that for the novelty of it. Yep. But then there are people as well that and that they're not even secure really at home or whatever yep. themselves. But then they're going to do it. Yeah, it's just, just keeping up with Jefferson, isn't it? Yeah, it's a double whammy. Like, keep it like that. I, I, I wish a friend of mine rang me there recently and, like, he was like, my friends are, they're, they're moving from spending uh, 5% of their income on their rent to spending 50% of their income on their rent. And they're 23 years old. And I was like, if you can, if you can, Please, become, because literally what they were doing was just trying to keep up the Jeffersons. Like, yeah. uh, my friend had bought a house because he's got a class job and he yeah. works his ass off. But he, he had bought a house, yeah. so the, the others were like, Oh, we have to rent a really nice house now. And, like, unfortunately, like, I really hope that they didn't do that. Yeah. But, like, if you can just say, like, I, I, think, I think reading these books has really helped me in that regard, I just don't give what people say yeah. and like if Alan's getting sick of me giving him giving him advice about his money like he can tell me to shut up and I'd be like grand. Yeah. I, I say grand like but like I'm the reason I'm I'm talking to you today is because I've made these mistakes yeah. and I have I have made my life so much more difficult yeah. and all I want to do is be like here I've figured out this figured out sorry I've heard of this shortcut yeah I've trusted people who know what they're talking about. Trusted people that I think are ethical. I think you should do it too because I want to help you. You're my friend. Yeah. Like I just want to be. You were talking about this at the very start. Being that leader, that you doesn't have to be too sport. Why yeah. can't it be too finance? Like why can't it be like? Because because why can't it be? Because people don't like talking about money. Because it's a vulgar topic. Yeah. But if if we can talk about it more, why can't it be? A topic that we can talk about easily, you know? Because that was one of the first things that I... Not 100%, I agree, but I think as well, there's a difference between what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not forced to do anybody's throat. Like, you're coming out of a way, an angle of good intentions. Yeah. They spread a positive sort of awareness on it. But I remember what you're talking about there in terms of, like, money being seen as vulgar. I would have been 100% on that boat at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I didn't... And it was quite shallow of me, but like I didn't like money, I didn't want anything to do with money. Yeah. I didn't like people that had money. Yeah. Because I associated with sharks and selfishness and all the rest that you're sort of fed to believe. But then I read someone and I feel bad because I can't credit it, I don't know where I got it from. Oh, it was how you are a badass. Something on that line. So yeah. I'll, I'll put it on afterwards. But about my girlfriend this book and there's a chapter on financial freedom and one of the one of the points that she made was why, why don't you think you're good enough which is what you're talking about why don't you think you're good enough to do it so for example people say I don't want money because it's, just, it's got these negative connotations and she says but if there's $20 on the table is that $20 bad so for example it can be bad it could have been robbed from your granny's purse mm-hmm. but similarly it could have been given to you as an act of thanks yeah. for helping an elderly man cross the road so like money is what you make of it. Yeah. Whenever I started viewing money differently, like I was like, Jesus, maybe, maybe I will have a wee go trying to keep a hold of it for a wee bit longer rather than just constantly splutter around. Well, um, then, then again, like, I would, I would be, if someone said to me, 
you're cheap. Yeah. I, I would be massively insulted. Because like there's no there's no time that like you would or you wouldn't. I would be so insulted if someone said that to me. Because like if you if the three of us go out for out for pints and we stand into rounds, there is no way that I would let you go home would buy me around and me not get you back. Like, yeah. Because like but that's that's just where I come from. Like that's yeah. that's the kind of thing, like it's unacceptable to do that. But I've I've come into lots of people, even here, who have good jobs and get them pay a decent amount, amount of cash. And it's like you buy them a drink. And they're like, thanks. Yeah. It's like I didn't buy you a gift. Anyway, anyway. But like, then, aren't you, but then, aren't you viewed as a Scrooge if you if you even remotely, not even suggested, but if you just be like, yeah. And like I've been burned enough times, and, I, and like like I said, I've spent, I, you know, it's a silly investment by me. Yeah. Because everything everything you spend in that, that every every time you spend your money, you're investing it. Yeah. Because and realistically, they can't yeah. they can't turn around and say, "I didn't ask for it." Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. that's and that's the awkwardness of the matter. Yeah. But then, like, I could I couldn't deal with being that person yeah. who wouldn't buy back. Yeah. Or like, even if even if you let me five dirham to because I didn't I only had ten on me because we were getting some something from the job. Yeah. I only need you that back because that's the kind of person that I am, and that's the kind of person. But also, like, you know, you see, you're not you're both not like that's the reason. Why we're friends that's the reason we're sitting here today like yeah part of those values like. but like even someone as little like we all like all we buy like mcdonald's for our lunch yeah and i'd say i need to get you back and he'd be like no, no i don't worry and although that's a lovely saying of like trust and you know it would like to do it for me it still nags me thinking jesus no i can't or next time i'll need to square that off do you know what i mean yeah and it, well, I, I do that now that that it will happen you'll find me something back or yeah. i'll be stuck for something and you'll throw me yeah. Whereas if I knew someone was tight with money, yeah. I'd say for every dinner pays, but I'm not going to offer to buy them McDonald's three times a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to eat my clothes three times a week. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's interesting. Because they're the type of conversations too you never really want to address. Because you always think, like, am, I, am I being tight? You know, it's, it's only a pint, like. But it's, it's reality. Like, you, you kind of think you have to think of some of your money as dead money. Yeah. Bad investment, whatever. And then. Like, it is just all about like building up that, that, that smarts. Yeah. And, like definitely. You're gonna throw away money. That's just part of life. But do you see even that stack of your saying people say oh, I don't want to get on these stocks or whatever because uh, I don't want, I don't want to lose money. Yeah. For me, like the reason why I haven't started so far is, and you've literally hit the nail in the head twice there. It isn't because I wouldn't want to throw away money because I feel as if if I go fried out. There's a collateral damage there as it is. Do you know what I mean? I think maybe over five points is always the money really. Yeah. But but that's also an investment of your money because like you're investing in friendships, you're investing in your mental health because not if you can't remember them stuff. Do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> after five minutes, mate. There's, there's a balance. <laughs> um, but uh, I, my my problem was where to get started. So for example, like see reading them books, they'd be talking about like Vanguard and fucking four hundred one ks, and all these like terms yep. or Americanisms. And then whenever you delve into it, it's almost like, that's not really accessible to me. Yeah, okay, so... Whereas you've gone and banged out there, Plum, Redwood... My Wall Street. My Wall Street. Okay, do you if, know what I mean? If you are interested, but if you're you genuinely you interested... But where'd you grab them? Where'd you come across them? Just people. Like, well, Plum was an ad yeah. um, on Facebook. Um, Moneybox was an ad on TV in the UK. And My Wall Street was a, just a friend of mine mentioned it to me. And My Wall Street is amazing because you say you know nothing about stock market 
My Wall Street has a free app, yeah. completely free app, yeah. and it breaks down the stock market and how to invest into um, nine different par- or nine parts. So each part of your investment journey yeah. um, breaks down how it, what it, what it is. But then it's all like so it's all broken down into like paragraphs. But it's also in audiobook version as well. Right. Like you just have no excuse, and the app is completely free. Yeah. The learning app. Now you do have to pay for my Wall Street subscription if you want them to advise you on what apps, or what stocks to buy. Yeah. Um, I've paid for that. It's about seventy pound a month. Oh, sorry, not a month, a year. Yeah. Seventy pound a year. So whatever, like six, six, five, five, six pound. Yeah. Give or take. Like that's not that much money back. Yeah. And I've made a lot more than that on like you're gonna make that back even if you if you if you invested if you just bought I don't know Google. You're going to make that money back so quickly. Like it's it's crazy. Like and when it, when people say diversify your portfolio, um, like Warren Buffett is the guy that always says that. Yeah. He owns like six stocks. Like he just he buys what he believes in, and that's a lot more important than just like buying. Like so, it was actually listening to the right in the interview show that you know you, you do almost the opposite to what's told. He's like, so what he, as you say, he's genuinely buying the things that he believes in. He's yeah. a vision for Yeah. Whereas for a beginner. Like, that's why I would never buy Facebook. Yeah. I don't believe in Facebook. I, I do believe that in, like, in, in, in 20 years' time, will we still have Google around? Yeah. Microsoft? Yeah. Uh, Amazon? Yeah, Amazon for sure. Tesla? Might probably be the biggest yeah. car company in the world, in my opinion. If I start to lose faith in that, I might sell and invest it elsewhere, but... Like it, it's 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 de- I would say it's definitely working started and one thing from that I didn't say from um, which is kind of Babylon. Um, <laughs> what they talk about how having that having that gold in your purse and hearing it clink is so much more satisfying than anything you could buy with that gold. No. Let me let me put that into modern context. I I am so unbelievably proud of my my portfolio, mm-hmm. and this is why I talk, talk tell people about it because I'm like you should do this and you like yeah. you can do it with me and like we can talk, chat about it. And yeah. I'm so proud of it because like that's money that I've. It's essentially a savings account. Yeah. It's a little bit of a volatile savings account, but it's still technically like similar to a savings account. And I'm so much more proud of that. Like that's I could buy a nice car with that. But which would I which would I prefer that or a nice car? Give me that. Give me the give me my portfolio all day, every day, because like, like I'll get I'll get some I'll get loads of happiness out of like out of a car, a nice car. I love cars. Yeah. But I would say I would prefer to have my portfolio and have it for 10, 15, 20 years, rather than than have something now or something in five years or like that's it pretty crap phone like but it does the trick and it's delaying gratification yeah but like honestly the gratification that I get yeah. every day when I look at my portfolio yeah. even though I haven't added money to it in I'd say nearly 30 or 40 days you're like, the button I'm itching <laughs> to buy I'm, I, I'm buying today today I'm buying um, I'm, I got paid there last week I've been just deciding what stocks to buy and I've just picked a few and I'm going with them yeah. yeah and like this is something that I've researched and like yeah. I can't tell you what stocks to buy but if there's something that you believe in like 
just that's the thing you you, were t- you referenced it earlier um, the ethics even associated with the likes of Facebook the guy I have invested in minor leagues in terms of there's a app that I sort of like crew cute when I stick startups so it's crowdfunding um, which is very it was more sounds a bit like um Penny stocks like what the what guys ah. did in Millpool for Wall Street. That's what they ah. did. That stuff is volatile, mate. Ah, but it's more just to learn the ropes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because okay. Fair enough. Especially coming from maybe potentially not having money. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. to learn the methods and what would be expected more or less. And I'm glad of this because now I've realised two out of the three that I did invest in. No, it's, it's not really worth anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. But at least I've learned. Yeah. With small amounts. Yeah. But then it's all about like even in terms of. For example, there's one of them, um, they're saying in the UK by a certain date, 2025 or whatever, all the graveyards will be packed, it'll be full. So then the question is, what do you do with the deceased? And then this company are trying to kickstart this initiative that will, instead of burying the body, yeah. you cremate them and then you plant them with a tree so they're actually helping the environment and so on. Beautiful. Yeah, so that was something that I thought. I would like to attach my name to that, yeah. even if it is a wee fiver. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, whenever you compare them the likes of the big boys, the likes of Facebook, and you sort of get your own opinion of what they do, maybe what they do that you don't agree with. Yeah. Mainly the elections, I'm referring to. Things like that, then you can make your own judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like some of the, some of the stuff that I bought, like one one that I'm considering buying now is um, a stuff that's. Uh, that plants forests all over the west coast, west, west, yeah, west coast of the US and Canada. Yeah. And I'm, that's something that I'm very passionate about and I would say I, I'll buy that. Even if, it's, even if it doesn't perform amazingly, yeah. I'm, I'm planning on holding that for a very long time, so hopefully it'll return something, but I would say I'm happy. But even if it doesn't that. though, you've got a good feeling of, you've contributed something that have good intentions. Yeah. And I think that might even be more witty than the clank of the gold. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hot take. Mm. Well, he does talk about like he does talk about enrich that for that charity. Yeah. Like if you're not sure what to do in life, if you're at a, if you're at a loss or if you have like if you, if you have it, give it to charity because it it'll come back to you and and it, it's like whatever you, whatever you say like like there's always like when I give it to charity it, it, it it's not about the feeling that it gives you but oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's. It, it does just end up coming back to you. And yeah. I find just that positivity is, is very good, and like that's very like spiritual or whatever. Like <laughs> I'm not here to talk about that. Spiritual stick. Yeah. So where would you stand on? on where would you stand on religion? That was you. Stick. Do you have anything else to say, Big Lad? Um, Any question for you, Stack? Sure. Oh, this is good. Go for it. So I would see Stack as very. Good looking fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. He's tall and handsome. <laughs> He's got very good tempered. Yeah. Like you're very level-headed. Like there's a certain like when I'm drawing comparison like football manager or something that's very addictive. Yeah. That you, you open up the tablet and you start looking. Yeah. And then like what I'm saying, you're very level-headed. So like, have you found it addictive or how have you managed? Like you say you haven't bought stocks in four days, and that's very impressive for you. Or is it? I don't know. Like do you not want to be like oh. I'm gonna put another hundred quid in there and I'm gonna put another. Or is that just sporadic? So 
that sounds like trading, which is not what I okay. understand. So like, I, I every month when my, when my paycheck comes in, like I was saying at the very so start, you take that 10% I take that. So yeah, whatever that amount is, is, I take that and I spend it. And do the research. And that's uh, yeah, and I listen to Stock Club. I use that subscription that I pay for, um, and I listen to Motley, Motley Fool, and I usually. I haven't spoken to Irla now this, this month, but I'll usually speak to Irla and we'll have a quick chat um, about what he's buying, what I'm buying. And um, yeah, like, it's, like, do I know everything? Absolutely not, mate. Like, I learned something yesterday about overvalued stock. So you can go on to Yahoo Finance and like some stocks like Amazon are considered really overvalued. But then you've also got people like, um, I think his name is Ray Dalio, who's the head investor for, um, a CEO of um, Bridgewater, which is the, the biggest investment firm in the world, or something like that. Uh, he said, if something's overvalued, buy it. Yeah. Because it, there's a reason it's overvalued. And yeah, like, no, I, I, I don't. I take my time and I, I, I'm like, I could have bought there Wednesday. I decided not to. I was like, I need to have a think and be happy with what I'm buying. Um, like, Disney is probably the one I'm going to buy today, um, just because I think it's at a good stock price. It's low at the moment, yeah. and with the parks being closed, they're not getting any revenue from that. They own ESPN, and the parks being closed, they, like 35% of their revenue comes from the parks, but they're all closed, and they're still doing okay. Yeah. Like, that's the sort of thing that I think about. Yeah. yeah. Is your word for that on it? What's me? I guess you yeah. have like depression proof or crash proof. Like even yeah. even though it's going through what you described as a bad time, yeah, still through. Yeah, like it's just a, it's an excellent company. Like like they they really do think about what they do, and that's that's why I like them. Yeah. And what what did you tell us? What app you use for what broker? My broker's Revolut. You just use that. Revolut. Yeah. You I so I could have you my broker could be my Wall Street. Yeah. But I just really like Revolut. I think yeah. it's really simple. Um. So you get, let's say you're a bank account here in the UAE, you take 10% as soon as the salary comes in, transfer it to Revolut. Yeah. And then from Revolut, let's say you have that 10%, let's say that's the figure. Yeah. You then choose how to divide that 10% up into Disney or... Yeah. And like, whether it be a dollar amount, because um, it's only in dollars, yeah. um, or an amount of shares. So I just decided that I wanted to have an amount of shares in, I don't know, Nike. Nike's, Nike's a company that I really believe in. Um, yeah, so I just, I was like, let me, let me just buy that. Um, I, I bought, yeah, just, that's, how, that's, how, that's how I go about buying. And like, the thing is, I'm happy to help anyone with yeah. this. I'm happy to chat to anybody about this. And what you'll find is people who are into investing, not trading, people who are into investing over a really long period of time, yeah. I enjoy talking about it. Not that I enjoy talking about money. I enjoy helping people. Yeah, definitely. And and like getting them to build that base, you know. Yeah, I think that's teaching as well. Come right. Yeah. Yeah. Help me. But I feel as if like see the question I had there, probably about forty-five months ago, about uh, how did you come across it? Do you know what I mean? And you sort of explained like it was mainly through networking, like helping people that you could reach out to and sort of learn from, and then discover things. As well. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest obstacle for someone to get started because they feel different. Jesus, yeah. Where and, can I? And like, if people want to, like, send me a message on Facebook or yeah. Instagram, like, and or want to have a chat, like, I'm always, I'm literally, I'm always happy to talk to people. But yeah. like, you just get everybody who just says, 
like if you, if you talk to people about it on the street, and we were always saying it to, to our friend the other day, I was like, you know, you could do this or you could do that. And he was just like, I don't care. Like, shut up. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'll take my conversation elsewhere. Yeah. Like, Save it for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See the plum, hey, what's the plum? What's the difference between plum and Revolut? So, like, I choose my stocks on Revolut. Yeah. With plum, um, I, I give it to them. And they invest it for me. Um, they're a broker. And oh, what they'll invest most of my money in is um, really safe um, investments. Now, you decide your level of risk. Yeah. So, us three, as young men with excellent health and no dependence, we can afford to take a really high level of risk yeah. with our investments. Now, when I say really high level of risk, I mean like, there's always the possibility that there's, there's a tech bubble that's about to burst, right? So it's unlikely, but there's a possibility. If we lose our money, and when I say lose our money, I mean, if we lose a bit of money, will, we, will it be the end of the world? If you lose, so let's say you invest a thousand quid, if it goes down to 800, are you screwed? You're not. So we can afford that. Like if you want to invest in something that's really safe, that's why people invest in planning stocks, they want they want really safe stuff. Then you, you know, you're going to get your four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, if it's if it's a good year, percent a year. See, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with like, see, that 10% goal. Yep. I would consider that as soon as that leaves my bank account lost I would be out like I know the chance I said zero point zero three percent of you losing yep. money yeah or whatever but I would consider that being like right there's a thousand quid gone if I don't get that back I'm happy with that yeah I'm happy with myself I'm not gonna keep myself around yeah yeah but uh, so I'm thinking to myself now why am I doing this on a regular basis because ten percent over here is nothing yeah and if you're saying we could do forty percent for rent so we've done it in London, we've all worked in the UK where we've yeah. taken 40% of our income, paid it off. Because that's what I've done this year in terms of like, I've borrowed the pay yourself method. And because we're not paying rent, every month I've been taking what I was paid, or what I was paying towards rent in London and just putting it straight back home. Yeah. And now I'm at the stage, well now it's there now what? Which is obviously stack man has explained. Yeah. But like Say for example, like what Stack has given with the rich man Babylon is a rough gate length that what you can do. Because yeah. then if, if you're feeling more comfortable, like say for example, like you do minimize your, your spending and you don't need as much figure, if you don't need your car and you drive or you can walk in the city, then you're really up to that figure if you want from 20 to 30. And you consider that 20% there, is is that like your Wi-Fi bill or is that, technically like what, what's it there, like that's someone that you owe money to. So like you say they've gone by the Babylon theory. Yeah. So ten percent. So I don't, I don't have any debts currently. So it's actually like for me, it's thirty percent. So if 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 it's if let's say you have however much credit card debt. Yeah. Everyone put a, put take that take twenty percent of your of your money and put it towards your credit card debt. Yeah. But then. But let's say your credit cards are zero. Then you so could either. So seventy percent. You're seventy percent for yourself. You're paying your Wi-Fi. 
you, you, yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's it. That's all I want to know. You yeah. Utilities are coming out of your 70%. Yes. Your 20% yeah. is just if you owe anyone money. Yes. That you need to get cleared yeah. off. Yeah. Okay. And then. So as you say, then you're 30% because you don't have any theirs. Yeah. And you, because that 30%, that, that 20% was always going out, you don't, you still don't miss it. Yeah. Because you've decided I'm going to live my life on 70%. Yeah. And it's just so, it's actually quite good practice because yeah. once you're in the habit of something, yeah. it's easy. Like Ian was right there, like listening to you guys, like, oh, I love off a certain amount. And I remember whenever he said that, I was like, why would you do that to yourself? You know, like, what's yeah. the need? But you see now, since that I've been doing it, he actually realised how much excess you'd be living on. Yeah. In terms of, like, you'd just be, actually, I will have done it, or I will do this, or I will do that. But that's because we live within, like, guineas, and I'm just like, whatever, yeah. in euro. We just take our salary, and that's our cap. Yeah. We live in that because that's our money. Which is lovely in the short term. Yeah. But but then again, that's but that's what I'm saying. If you're not a hobbit, it's that. Like you're not you're not in this environment for your whole life not buying or not going uh-huh. to mine so you you go and play golf, you yeah. go and play the fina. Yeah. You do all the things we do. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, that ten percent or three percent is so easily done out here. But even back home as well, I think it isn't it? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you can really say you know I'm gonna commit to this, it it isn't as hard as people say it is, or people just like make it out to be. It's and I swear to God I cannot express how satisfying it is to just look at that and go, that's class. I just made like I just made I just made money on money that like just, like that's like a second job. Yeah. And like I've made actually I, I won't give you a, a figure. But like I mean like <laughs> like. The market's been, the market's been amazing to me, right? And it's not like I'm some gifted investor. I'm on 40% return. Like, that's a month's wages. In a year? No, on, since Saturday quarantine. 15 weeks. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> the average return per year is what 10%. Like, I'm hoping for 20% a year because that's what the My Wall Street head investor is making. He has averaged 21 years. He's averaged twenty percent. That's insane. Even if you make ten percent back, it's not bad, is that? Ten ten percent is a brilliant return. And it's ten percent diesel. Compound interest and it's building and building and building. And you know, I I promise you, once you get into it, I got my mother into it. (laughs) My mother's a retired teacher. She was unbelievably good at it. She just picked a lot of stocks that she was really. uh, She was like, I think this is going to be good. She made 50% in like <laughs> six weeks. Mama stuck. Yeah. I was like, I think you're, I think you need to do this professionally. <laughs> so she was like, I think that I, like three weeks ago, she was like, Colm, I think, I, I think it's done. I'm deciding to sell. And I was like, okay, just do me a small favor. Take out what you put in originally and then leave the rest and play with that. Just see, just see how it goes. Um, last week she was down 30%. Volatile place, but she bought like she bought city stocks now, stuff that I would never buy. Um, Still, but she hasn't lost anything. She's got no, she hasn't. She's not lost a penny. No, she what she's doing is more trading because it's like buy yeah, yeah. buy today, sell tomorrow, or buy today, hold three weeks and sell. I'm not doing that. Like yeah. I haven't. I sold a stock because I thought I thought it was going to be good. I bought FedEx. Yeah, this is my example. I bought FedEx at the start of quarantine because I was like. Everybody needs packages delivered. You see them outside. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Why did I invest in FedEx? Because I had a bright idea. FedEx was crap. 
it was my worst performing stock. And I was like, why did I buy it? So I got rid of it. So instead I bought something that I, that I actually really believed in. Yeah. And it was a, 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 have you heard of Soul Cycle? No. So it's a, it's a like a spinning class. And you pay $35 an hour to go to America. There's a home version called Peloton. And I, I read about it and I was like, this is class. This is going to be a big deal. Peloton's done amazingly for me. And I put the same amount of money. And did you still track FedEx? Yeah. yeah. And are they bouncing back or not? They're up like 5%, which is pathetic because the market has grown like 40% in, in, in the time. Like, not 40%, like 10 or 15, 20%. So again, if you saw FedEx jump. Don't care. That's you, yeah, yeah. you need to be like, you yeah. need to yourself to say, look, we saw FedEx. Yeah. They took a jump, they did something. Yeah. You've got to be like, where the fuck are they? Yeah. not get too down about it because then that's what I feel like that's when you start getting. Yeah. yeah. Instead of thinking too deeply about it. So they say that, but don't they really say take emotion out of it? So two things that um, two things that um, my Wall Street said they never ever invest in, and this is something that my dad used to invest in was um, pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals, I, I heard, like from whatever the horror stories that I've heard, I would just never do it. Like pharmaceuticals, just it's just if you know about it. And when I say no, but like you're an expert in it, yeah, yeah, fair enough. And oil, oil companies, personally, wouldn't do one because I think it's really unethical. Because I think, and and two because, oh sorry, two because it's an extremely volatile market, and three because hopefully in ten years we won't be using them. As I, I really hope and pray that that's the case. Yeah, ten years time we won't be using them. We'll be back. You'll be in clear over there. <laughs> 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 I love the one that was bored up over here. Yeah. Um, right. Give us, give us three, three leaving points. Stack. It can be on anything. It can be financially related, life related. I know you're a big man for your religion. Um, anything at all. I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing. Um, being successful. When I say successful. I mean, like in anything, in anything at all, yeah. is is um, like you talk, you talk to any like elite performer, yeah. Um, whether that be in the financial world, in teaching, in um, sports, in anything. There's a word that we use, and especially in like relationships and stuff. Yeah. Being obsessive is actually like if if you said, "Oh, my girlfriend's very obsessive," or "My boyfriend's very obsessive." Someone might be insulted by that, but if you want to be some people may find super, <laughs> if you want to be super successful, yeah. what I've, from the books that I read, yeah. being obsessive, and I did get a little bit obsessive about this this investing, and I kind of cooled off when I read Richard Van Babylon and taking seventy percent to look after your, your life. Like um, being obsessive is if you want to be successful, be obsessive, and I I think that's why I've decided. I will listen to 10 hours of podcasts a week on investing. I want to keep reading as many books as I can yeah. about how to make my financial life better. Because I don't, I, what's my ultimate goal? That's, I don't want to worry about like, money ever again. Yeah. I, want to, I want to be able to say to like, each of my children, like, oh, you, you want the new bike? Okay, you can. But what you can also do is you can, I'll let you decide. Here, I'll let you decide, do you want to buy stuff with that? Or do you want to buy? Do you want to buy stock and a second-hand bike, or do you want a new, brand new bike? 
I, you know, when, when I go by teenagers, yeah. that's what I want to do with them. Or they'll buy the new bike the first time, but when it comes to us again, their bike, that makes the sense of it. Hopefully. That's Real life choices. Yeah. Um, but like, being obsessive, like, if you want to be a better teacher, for a while I was just obsessive about getting better and helping I make my resources better. Like, been, like, I was obsessed with basketball for a while and I went to Lithuania and I played there. Like, I was at a camp, I paid my own money. And, like, if you can be obsessive about, let's say, soccer or GA or like anything, yeah. like getting better, if you can be obsessive, it's actually a very, very powerful skill. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's different motivation because motivation, you'll be like, one day you'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna like, listen to this podcast, I'm gonna start investing, it's gonna be the best thing ever, I'm gonna make loads of money, I'm gonna be a millionaire in 10 years. Yeah. That's gonna fleet. Yeah. If you can be obsessed with it, and obsessed, it sounds horrible, yeah. but if you can be obsessed with it, you will be successful. Because yeah. you're mind for the purpose of what you're going to achieve. Yeah, it's, it, you're basing your life around it. Yeah. It, 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 honestly, it's so powerful and it sounds so vulgar, but um, maybe you should call it, oh, it's like the vulgar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very um, vulgar style. <laughs> hey, Chief, thanks very much. We'll, pleasure, put, we'll, we'll wrap her up there. Um, fair play to Alan, too, chiming in, do you know what I think? Yeah. Great questions. We're going to do one with Alan in the coming days as well. So, thanks very much, Dyke, and I look forward to chatting to you every millionaire, big lad. Cheers, man.